Hello, and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name is Cole, and we're trying a new thing where me and Gavin are going to be co-hosting. Um, but he already has an existing podcast, so go ahead and do your intro. Hey, this is Gavin, T-Shirt Business Podcast, and also the founder of SEPS. I'm excited to do this, Cole. I think it's going to be fun. It might actually make me record podcasts again. I think it's going to help both of us be more consistent. Yeah. Because this content thing is a thing that you have to do, right? As a small business owner. You think it'll stick around? I don't know. I was thinking of going back and like buying some some uh, cable news ads. Maybe go on I, like, you know, I don't know, CNN ads. I think they sell. Somebody's buying all those pharmaceuticals. I think it'll work because I think we like to just uh, hear each other talk. <laughs> So, yeah. So even well, if it's just us, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole idea was just me sitting in the car for an hour and a half with you the other day where we were just talking on the phone. And I was like, maybe there's something here. So tell I, me the topic for the day. What are we going to actually talk about that's t-shirt related? Yeah. So I think today I've been on the road a lot the past couple of years, right? Yeah. Uh, just going to trade shows, talking to other screen printers. And one thing I'm feeling right now, a lot of screen printers are... I don't know. How do you say their nerves are kind of up, right? When it comes to uh, DTF and screen printing mm -hmm. and digital, because I see a lot of screen printers right now, they are adapting, they're adding DTF to their whole thing of screen printing. From what I'm hearing, some screen printers are actually afraid of DTF because they feel like it may just take over their shop or that DTF may take over the industry and then make screen printing uh, like irrelevant. They, I mean, they should be. I'm all over the the Reddit, the subreddit for screen printing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always seeing these guys and they're showing bad work on a manual that they bought, either used or they spent too much from Ryanet, whatever they did, where it's like just this random like little setup. And they're trying to cure it with like a heat gun or they're doing it with like only a flash and they're only knocking out 30 pieces. And then they could have absolutely just bought a super color and he pressed it on and the customer would have liked it more. And not only mm -hmm. that, that transfer could have been completely full color. It would have washed perfectly fine. And they would have only invested a single heat press. Now, if you're going to tell me that I'm going to knock out 3000 units with a heat press, then there's no way like there's absolutely a space for mass screen printing. And even yeah. just yeah. there's arguments to be made for like discharge and water base and why it feels great. But if you're on the small scale or if you're like in a garage and you're just knocking out 30 to 50 pieces, there's yeah. almost no reason to screen print on that level. When I hear that, I, I think of a few things because when I started, DTF wasn't around. I mean, there yeah. was these terrible uh, you had, back then. Yeah, it was DTG. It was the vinyl stuff. And I didn't like vinyl at all. DTG at the time, I had to make a decision. Should I invest DTG or invest in screen printing? I'm, I'm a screen printer. I feel what they're saying. I actually want to protect screen printing. I, <laughs> right? I actually want to tell them, no, uh, don't be afraid of DTF. But also, I'm a businessman and I see, you could see the industry evolving, right? Mm -hmm. So people are going to want efficiency. People are going to want stuff that's quick and people are going to want stuff that's like consistent. And DTF offers that, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And that's the thing is it 
when DTF fails at quickness, that's when screen printing makes sense again. So setting up a three color job and knocking out 25 shirts, you can totally argue to just do a DTF. But if I'm going to do, you know, even a hundred shirts, setting up two screens uh, with our little tri-lock is almost trivial as far as how fast we can do it. And then on top of that, we're printing 500 an hour print speed. But if I load a single transfer, bring it down, have it set down for like what? 15, 20 seconds. Then mm -hmm. if I have to do a cold peel, I wait for a cold peel. And then I finally get to like reveal my one single print. It just doesn't compete speed wise to an auto yeah, um, on a manual. Yeah. I mean, the manual, especially when you don't know how to burn your screens, when you're not doing a lot of things in a real shop with real equipment, it becomes a real headache. Go switch over to DTF. If I was starting today with a thousand square feet, I would be a DTF shop and I would just, all I'd care about is getting clients and I'd outsource to big shops for any big run. So if I land on high school, I just outsource only the high school job, everything, all the small stuff, DTF it. Does it now make manual screen printing? Is not is that not even a thing or not even going to be a thing going forward? Because like you said, manual screen printing is, takes so much more time and your output is not that much more. And you have serious quality control problems. Like if you want to be the manual screen printer that cares, then you can be great. I know that there's some guys like, who was it? Sunday Print Co. I think they stayed manual for like eight years straight. So deluxe screen printing, they stayed manual for a long time. And they kept treating it as like an artisan thing. And yeah. both of them, when I saw them go auto, they were like, oh, like we were just saying that. Like our quality actually improved. <laughs> when you try care you're not a machine and setting the angle properly and setting the prepper pressure properly on an yeah. auto it's just now the print is perfect you can't get tired you can't worry about going to lunch you can't whatever yeah. just keeps doing the exact same movement so i kind of feel like everyone who's successful decides to start leaving manual presses anyway and so you can kind of argue this craftsman artisan kind of thing but real screen printing is just mass production of an image it's not really about craftsmanship if it was about craftsmanship we would be all over etsy and we're not like the best guys are doing stuff for like businesses they're not doing things that are handy yeah i get it like because a lot of folks that get into screen printing they get in screen printing because they probably was doing something artsy to begin yeah, with totally uh, something creative musician even just an arts guy like painting or something like that so i I understand wanting to protect the pureness or the purity of that, right? I don't know. Is that a marketable marketable thing? Like, do, do your customer care about that? If you want to do that as a marketable thing, you need to make an entire brand around it. Yeah. So you're making a brand. Your streetwear brand is extremely complicated. You're doing stuff that people don't see. You're doing things that are a pain in the ass. You're playing with cool links. You're yeah. doing things that are highly customized. And then people are paying you directly $90 for, you know, a hoodie that mm. might have only the blank might have cost you 19, 20 bucks, but you've added $70 worth of value because like no one's doing the pain in the ass work that you're doing to make it a high quality yeah. product. If you think of it the way my business runs, which is just you guys need some crap and we're going to make the crap and the crap won't look like crap. If you're doing that business, then I have to print for $2 a hit or whatever it is for to pay based on the volume. So like, mm -hmm. I don't even want to do your artisan screen printing. I can do different ink types and stuff, but I don't want things to be artsy or, or experimental. And I don't yeah. think any big shop 
would ever call themselves artists because you don't want someone being creative. You want someone exactly matching the work order. That's what yeah. you want. I think all the artists up front, right? Like if you are an artist and you want to create an awesome design, you don't need the yeah. screen printer himself changing the art on the press yeah. because he's got opinions too. It's not about opinions. At that point, you're matching pan tones. You're locking in the art. You're making sure that all the half tones washed out pre like properly in the big old sink. Like... Yeah. It's not about being an artist once it's actually being mass produced. I did see there is a guy or kid I see on Instagram. He does mm -hmm. some real cool stuff like yeah. using using a manual. I'm not sure if you know of uh, Unfinished Legacy. Have you have you seen that pop up on your Instagram? I don't know, maybe. It my Instagram's a blur of t-shirt people. Yeah, so I see he doing he cuz he does like weird placement on the shirt. He does them really big. Like he burns like, and he literally take the screen and lays it on top of the shirt. Then that to me feels artsy and it feels right. like you get that one-off type of design because every shirt is going to have, the print is going to land a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, and he's doing well with that because he's got brands that's reaching out to him. He's got major player that's reaching out to him just because he's built the following and that case i think it makes a whole lot of sense not to even touch an auto right because then you would lose that thing that you just built yeah absolutely. Right? like that's exactly how you'd have to do the artisan version of it but you also wonder what his potential you know cap is i mean theoretically he could land some crazy client and he could have like his moment where he has a, a collab with Gucci or something. He could have that moment. But barring that kind of moment, what is his cap compared to a guy with an auto and a person that helps him with art and a kid that helps catch him at the end of the dryer and he just lands a few hundred units every week no matter what? Like, what is your cap for growth with those two paths? Yeah, One yeah. of them is dope, though. And it, he probably is more satisfied doing that than he is the local high school like cheerleadership. Mm -hmm. But it is just one of those things like where is the payoff? Like, and if you hustle really hard for something at, at, for eight years and you just always knew you couldn't get past X amount of dollars, you have to, yeah. say, like, do you want to live at that lifestyle level for the rest of your life? Because it, it might just be limited. So what I'm hearing, I think it comes down, first of all, you have to be clear what you like. I think a lot of, you have to be clear that you, this is a business making thing. This uh, t-shirt yeah. printing, this so if that's the angle, be honest with yourself. It is a t-shirt. It is a business making thing. I want to make money from it. And that part is more valuable to me than say the arts part. Mm -hmm. And if it is, because I think most people it is, it is more valuable to you for you to have, to be able to, you know, live your life through making t-shirt, right? Right. Then if that's the case, then you want to, what is the best way to do that? Like, and the best way to do that is mass produce, in my opinion, using an auto and then embracing DTF that's here right now, like where your business, if you're just starting out, like Cole say, I would honestly, if I just started out right now with knowing what I know now, I'm going the same route. He said, I'm getting a heat press. I am going as lean as possible mm -hmm. and using a vendor to get me my transfers. Even though I could get the tr machine, I probably would just get me a vendor that could get me the transfers just because I wouldn't want to complicate, complicate the thing. Yeah. I mean, I I'm amazed by how cheap the machines are. One of the guys from Grimco, do you know them? They're like a supply company. Anyway, he, yeah, I've seen those popped up recently. 
I think Grimco has like six warehouses. They're pretty big nationally. But he came by and he was showing me the new machine. But it's a 20 inch wide film. And uh, it's only like 10 grand or cl very close to 10 grand, maybe 11 mm. grand. And I was like, man, DTG, they were trying to make us buy them for twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 when they were new. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were way slower. They didn't yeah. have any of the flexibility with the different fabric types. And this thing, I mean, what's a... What's a payment on 10 grand, 300 bucks a month or something if yeah. you're paying it on a low payment. So it's kind of amazing how low the bar is for entry. And it would mean that you can take those really high value like rush jobs. It's one thing to say that I'll get your shit done in a week and a half. But a lot of local jobs are people saying, I want it right now. And right I now. It. I need it in 48 hours. And yeah. we've, we've had people walk in who are literally like going on a cruise, which you would think is a completely pointless job for us. But they come in and they pay $33 a shirt. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm going to buy this $2.50 plank. I'm going to charge this lady $31 in profit. It's like, I guess I just made 300 something dollars in what, like 25 minutes of printing? Yeah. And it's just those kind of jobs you're not going to do if you're outsourcing to a guy who has to make you transfers, they have their own turnaround. Got it, got and then it. you're at the yeah. mercy of UPS. Then it finally yeah. comes in. And that's a lot of local business. Like those moments where you feel like, oh, I just made my week. It might be 60 pieces that the local business realizes that like some other shop didn't get done and they need it for the yeah. convention or whatever. And you have those rush moments where if you outsource, you'd have to say no to every single one of them. When I ran my shop, I kind of... I know I started noticing a pattern in the beginning. I didn't catch this, but over time it became a pattern. Like if you are in a big city, you're going to see this like because in a big city, there's always something happening in the weekend all the time. There's an event, there's a party, there's a festival, there's something and somebody messed up. Right. Or yeah. they Normally just dragged their shop. feet. Like it's amazing <laughs> how many times another shop repacks the boxes that they ended up not getting done on time. And then someone drives it over to us. Because we say we can actually print 200 shirts. Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. So in a city, you, you're just going to find that people just wait till the last minute to get job done. Sometime another shop dropped the ball. There's a lot of event going on. They may have really a lot of time is poor planning on their on their side because it might have oh. been like a business. Joe should have took care of it, but <laughs> Joe didn't. Now Sarah has to go run around trying to figure things out. So you get a lot of those and like festivals and events and parties are all going on so you those like dtfs are perfect for that like perfect if you are we when we caught on to that we literally created a, a blog post just for that yeah because we we started noticing hey okay it's friday you got an event this weekend that was literally the blog post yeah same day rush so i worked it out with my supplier i had a local supplier and i pretty much had them on speed dial just because just in case, hey, I got this order coming in. I'm going to just email you the thing and I'm going to send a driver to go pick it up. As soon as I get like the feeling that I'm going to close the sale. And I and a couple of times where I actually bite the bullet where I felt the order was going to come through. I'm getting I'm gathering all the stuff. And this is for a big rapper. And it was a rolling loud that came over in the city like this big oh, yeah. festival. Big event. Uh yeah, and then they pulled out at the last second, and I so I had to <laughs> I had to sit on like two hundred black t shirts, but I could use those for another order. We've found that like you get bossed around the most by like marketing companies 
because mm. the marketing companies are underneath someone else. That other person is barking orders at them. Then the marketing mm -hmm. company is going to mark up any price you give them by like 40%. So then it goes back to the customer after you've talked for like three, four hours, even trying to organize it. And the customer's like, I'm not paying $17. And it's like, oh, I didn't charge $17. Your stupid marketing company did. If you had just called me, you could have paid a real price. But like the marketing companies have this thing where they they just kind of have like certain businesses and stuff cornered and you're at the mercy of this middleman who is constantly trying to like nickel and dime the suppliers, but also force yeah. them to work hard. And you're just kind of like, this is it's like a terrible place to be because you know that the end customer is just paying way too much. Yeah, those rush jobs, though, like we'll charge like $250 on top of basically any order if it's like a 24 hour rush. Even if people want to do a tiny run, it's kind of like take it or leave it. We always call it overtime, even though it's like maybe an hour of extra overtime, but it's just kind yeah. of it's this or nothing. Like pretty much every shop's going to have a rush fee. It makes sense. So are you, how about, how about DTG? What are you doing now in terms of DTG? Are you still doing DTG in your shop? Yeah. So we own two Epsons. Um, we have an F2000 and an F2100 and that's how we do DTF. DTF. Mm -hmm. So if it's like small, we'll make like a sheet and gang up all the art and DTF it. Um, Cause it's just DTG backwards. That's all it is. Like you just do CMYK and then white and glue. And then if it happens to be something where it's like a cotton garment and it makes sense to DTG it, then we'll actually pre-treat and do it. But I'm getting like a nicer finished product out of doing the DTF process than I am pre-treating and printing straight onto fabric. It's the same machine. It's the same ink, but there's something about that glue layer that just kind of, and then that heat press hit, you end up with just, I don't know, something that's more opaque. So we're getting great results on pretty much any fabric ETFing with our own machines. And we're not having to mess with pre-treat, which all my guys complained about pre-treat anyway. They hated having the pre-treat machine on and they'd talk about how like it smelled or they were too close to it or it made the ground sticky. Like no matter what pre-treat machine we had, there was something to complain about. We do it if it makes sense, but it almost never makes sense anymore. Because kind of so anything under like 50 pieces, we're considering it doing it digitally. And then anything over 50 pieces, we're probably screen printing. And so most jobs, unless it's a really specific like cotton shirt, we're just doing DTF transfers because we've got 16 by 20 inch sheets. So even a large-ish design, we might be yeah. able to put four or five of them on one sheet. So it, all we're doing is sending it through the printer for that ganged up sheet, as opposed to us loading one shirt, only printing that design, loading another shirt, only printing that design. So it's almost always saving us time. DTG, DTFs, screen printing. So what's your verdict? Like, I think based on what I'm hearing, DT, DTG is out of the game now? It's not if you want to do print on demand and you have a giant print farm and you print for fanatics mm -hmm. and you've got print on demand and web to print. And in that case, it's great to have a whole bunch of pre-treated shirts that have either been done in a giant pile because you have someone on staff doing it or you're buying one of those ones from like, I know Hanes started doing it where the fabric itself is just pre-treated before they sew it. So in those kind of situations, you know, for on-demand printing, there's definitely an argument for DTG. But if you're taking random orders, and I'll, even if they're in dozens or whatever, DTF can normally save you a bit of time. Yeah, I mean, if I was buying something right now, it would be a DTF. So DTF couldn't work for on-demand printing, like the website management type of printing? 
I mean, if every design is different, then the you'd have to either gang up a ton of orders to mm. optimize your film, or you'd waste film because you print only the film you need for only the one shirt. And the way we do it, basically, the machines are just the way we do it, but they're all inline. So we print CMYK, we print a white layer on top of that, straight onto the film. Then we apply the glue with a shaker. Then it goes down. We actually put it down our conveyor belt to cure it. And then it comes out and gets heat pressed. So if you're doing that one film at a time, that's slower than just loading the shirt and printing one shirt at a time. Got but it. if I'm doing 25 trucker hats and I gang up 25 little logos on one sheet, now I've saved time by switching to DTF. Screen printing still around. So should screen printers be scared for screen printing? Is that gonna, what was, you are screen printing. You got what, three autos? No. Yeah, I would, I mean, I don't think you could run a manual shop successfully. Screen printing has a lot of labor on, and on a manual, you're going to find people trying to pay you four bucks a print or something. So even on a hundred shirts on a manual, you're taking a lot of effort, but you're making not much money. Yeah. I don't think a manual has much point. I wouldn't, I would potentially not buy a manual ever. If I was All starting right. from scratch, I would get a DTF, land a few hundred thousand dollars in sales, outsource everything I couldn't handle with the DTF and outsource like the embroidery and then only get an auto because it's like, hey, this is crazy. I paid this printer 90 grand this year. I could have just picked up a small auto. Now yeah. I actually have an excuse. The problem with Manual screen printing, if you're alone, you go, you separate the art for 20, 30 minutes because you're not that fast at it. Then you mm -hmm. watch your printer spit out the films for like 10, 15 minutes because your printer's slow. Then you go and coat the screen. Then you wait for it to dry for an hour. Then you finally burn it. Then once you rinse it out, you get to watch the water dry. Then you tape it up. Then you click it in. So like if you're a consistent shop with everyone having different roles, you can yeah. have a mindset that a job's only going to take 40 minutes to run. It didn't take 40 minutes to run, though. It's just that you scheduled it and you are ahead of the order. In reality, there's like you can have like two and a half, three hours of problems if you literally start a job completely from scratch with a damn yeah. screen all the way to it being finished. And if you don't have people in roles and you're just the one standing there waiting for the screen to dry, you can feel like you've wasted your whole day on one order. Figuring out those efficiencies is the only way that screen printing makes sense. And if you're a guy or a guy who pays a high schooler twice a week, it's just not efficient and you don't feel like you're making money at all. Yeah, he was describing me about seven years <laughs> ago. Yeah, <laughs> I'm describing myself. I would print it in the morning by myself because I had no idea how to get you know, like I would be on the press. So that means I can't go make the screens. And I forgot to clean the screens the other day because I snapped and decided I didn't want to. So that means now I have to scrub the screens before I can get them dry to then coat them. Like it's a nightmare. If if there aren't separated roles, screen printing is extremely slow and there's way too many steps compared yep. to just pressing print on something that may actually have a better finished product than what you're going to do manually when you're tired. So the verdict is this. Never screen print. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely screen print, but you gotta, you have to know, you have to know, I think it, it all start with what you want. A lot of us, it, it, it is a business. You gotta make money and you gotta optimize for making money, right? Yeah. So what piece of equipment will do that? So in the beginning, it's probably going to be the quickest, the quickest way to, to money is DTF right now. Mm -hmm. uh, then as you start to grow, then if you need bulk, uh, DTF is not going to handle that, at least not right now, or in a way where you can make optimize for making money. 
And then I think once you have a solid, not even a solid brand, but like people know who you are and you can get those big orders, then it makes sense to get like an auto then to uh, go full production, like add a team, put all the different layers, yeah. uh, art department, dark room, all of the things that's required for screen print. I mean, even that depends though. Like if, if you're amazing at sales, trying to figure out how to manage that team might be a huge waste of your time. And trying to have that overhead, like let's say you do a quarter million dollars from June to November and you think you're killing it, you still have to cover the overhead all the months that you don't kill it. Mm -hmm. If somebody already has this giant infrastructure staring at you in the face and they give you a price sheet that you're still going to clear the right amount of money, there's no reason why you can't just manage jobs, essentially. I was just talking about how the marketing companies are the worst, but they all make a lot of money. Like, if you're really good at sales, there's no reason to decide that you have to learn how to burn the perfect like 55 LPI half tone dot to get the separations. Like it might just be a huge waste of your time. It's, it's a lot of fun and it's a great hobby. You should get a four color press, put it in your garage, tell your aunt that you'll do her t-shirts for the elementary school. You're ready to go. Thank you for tuning in. Yep. Appreciate you. See you in the next episode. All right. We did it. I guess we got to get a better ending or we got to signal ourselves when we want to end it. I think so, I uh I think my ending's always just kind of ended super abruptly. Okay, cool. I you're the one with structure.